If you're ready to finally start putting the pieces together and get a head start on your sober curious journey, you've got to get in my program, Awaken Sober Living. The secret sauce that really brings it all together is asking the right questions and then actually answering them. And then we go a little bit deeper. So if you're over the trap of trying to figure it out with moderation and stopping and starting all the time, this is the space for you to get a whole new perspective and make space for something new to come through. And that something new is more of you. There'll be a link right here in the show notes for you to go on over and get right in there. You can also just go to visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, and we will get going. I'll see you on the inside. I'll be there for you every step of the way. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing or evolving from alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life than alcohol can offer? If so, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20 year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. It's Mary Wagstaff. I am so thrilled to be here. Happy summer, happy pride, happy Juneteenth. There is so much in this time to celebrate, to really think about your existence, your freedom, your possibility, what it means to be a fully awakened, embodied human in this time where there is an expression of privilege that we all hold in some way. And then, you know, to look at the ways in which right now, everything in your life is okay, that nothing has gone wrong and what needs to be altered. And I just have to reflect on my own life and my own abundance daily, right? It's like, I can breathe. I have two arms. I have two legs. I can see the vista of of the nature around me and know that nothing has gone wrong. And this is the power of awakening. This is a power of aligning yourself with your values and with your truth, right? And then knowing that it's also okay for things to suck sometimes. But when we look at the the way that we've evolved as humans and not just from a um a nature perspective, right? Like we've evolved as humans in such amazing ways, but you know, we see ourselves through the representation of the culture around us and you know, where is the one area of your life where you do feel free, right? In in comparison to where other people 
don't have freedom or have to work harder for certain things. And that's on many, many, many levels. And so this is the idea of gratitude, right? Gratitude and staying in alignment with our values and our truth is really what overrides that habitual thinking brain that wants to create problems really where there are none. And this doesn't mean we don't invalidate our human emotions, but it just means that we can generate a new perspective. So happy liberation to us all. And, you know, like Bob Marley says, it's like, it all starts in the mind. We want to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery. And that is really where we lose control is in the mind, is in our beliefs. On the last episode, I said, you know, if you really want to change your perspective and alter your consciousness, start to examine your beliefs because beliefs aren't facts. Beliefs are just thoughts and interpretations of this world. And a lot of the time, they're not even your own thoughts, right? And this isn't a negative thing. This is just saying like, where do your beliefs come from? And this is so much of what we're talking about around alcohol is where what are your beliefs? What is the the actual thought that's running the show? And on today's episode, they have so much in store for you for this summer. I'm really excited um, for all of the the content that we're going to talk about. But on today's episode, we're going to talk about why drinking just seems to happen and why, if you've been looking at your relationship with alcohol, why sometimes seem to be easier than others to not drink. So I have so many people tell me this. I, you know, cause what we do in coaching is say like, well, what, you know, what was the thought, what created the thought to get you to drink? What was the emotion that you were, that you were experiencing, um, when you decided to drink and it's like, I don't know, it just happened. Well, drinking never just happens right between this moment and a drink ending up, you know, in your body consuming an actual beverage. There are probably at least five decisions that you have to make. Now, our subconscious is what is running the show of the habit of alcohol, right? It has now become a habitual part of your your life, your experience. So you really aren't consciously thinking about it. You're you're going from having an impulse, right? A, a sensation in your body that now triggers a series of reactions, right? So you aren't actually right now always just making the choice. And this is where the problem is, is that you are just taking alcohol as a given versus the fact that it actually is a choice. So the solution to that is to slow down and to grow your awareness of why, right? Why are you drinking right now? And that's just going to give you not necessarily the truth, because the truth really is, is that, you know, you have a habit of alcohol and an addiction to alcohol, but 
the why is going to give you more information into your beliefs. So if you can ask yourself, why am I drinking right now? Then you're going to come up with the thought that's going to create you to drink because I want to, because it sounds good, because I deserve it, because it's uh, because I can't deal, right? So you need to slow down and grow your awareness of why. And what we do in holistic alcohol coaching is we look at growing our relationship with the curious observer. So that witness consciousness, and this is where we take control where we can, right? Alcohol is a substance that you can't control. And that is why you feel out of control right now, because you keep trying to make different decisions, this bargaining with a circumstance that is out of your control. It's like trying to force someone else to do what you want them to do, right? It's like, oh, if I can just say the right thing, they're gonna do what I want them to do, right? I think about with my with my kid. It's like sometimes I feel like I'm pulling my hair out, but then I, you know, do my own self-coaching. I'm like, this person is a sovereign being. They have their own mind, they have their own emotions, their emotions mean nothing about you, right? So I have to ask why. And we take control where we can. And where you can take control is by understanding where your thinking is and where it needs to be for you to reduce your desire for alcohol. Because if you continue to just believe this is just the way that it is, I can't handle this stress, then game over, right? Then you're never going to change your relationship to alcohol. Then you're never going to find the inner resourcing. But when we get curious and we look from a neutral perspective at that why, when we slow down to grow our awareness of why, and then you can even ask what else and keep going, well, what else? Why else am I drinking? Right? And you keep going and you keep digging Now we are gaining control. Now we're seeing the thoughts that are creating and fueling our behavior, right? Now, of course, when it comes to alcohol, there is this wild card, (laughs) which is the alcohol itself. The alcohol itself is a strong chemical. It is a drug that creates a chemical reaction in your body. So you have to have knowledge for knowledge's sake in this way and know that you are working with under the influence of this chemical that is now has now shifted and created a whole new processing happening inside of your body right so the way that you would naturally release the chemical of we'll just say dopamine the way that you would naturally release that chemical has been interrupted and overridden by this other chemical that is coming from an external source, right? So it is a catalyst that forces more of a um, 
an immediate release, right? Same as if you do cocaine, same as if you use another drug, like if you were to do um, or to take like um, a prescription drug, like an opioid, right? There would be a chemical reaction with that that would um, numb pain, right? That That would interrupt your pain receptors. So you just have to know this, right? You just have to know alcohol is a drug and we have to we have to accept that to know what we're working with. But this doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. I mean, alcohol is a billion dollar industry. We're we're selling this to the masses, right? Like it's it's become an acceptable part of our culture. And I was laughing. Um I heard Oh, this was, I went to a new yoga studio and this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's a really, I think it's a really powerful perspective to look at. I went to this new yoga studio. Yay. I got to leave the woods and go to yoga. It was awesome. Um, in the town on the other side of, um, Mount hood where my mother lives and we were talking about ecstatic dance and, um, the, the teacher was saying, yeah, you know, I really, um, I like that it's that ecstatic dance is also this um this sober experience, right? So it was very much defined as a sober experience and ecstatic dance that is depending on where you are, but for most places the intention is to be fully present with unaltered on the dance floor, right? And we really let the music be the medicine, the music be um and the connection with the other people really be what intoxicates us to an ecstatic state. Um, Very powerful, powerful um, experience. But when she said that, I thought we define alcohol-free or substance-free experiences as these sober experiences. And then, so what is everything else, right? And we don't even think about that. So it's like, oh, I'm going to you know, a festival, this is an altered experience, right? This is going to be a, um, an intoxicated event. But if you think about that, and it's like literally every other thing that you do is an event of intoxication, right? But if it's, cause if it's not sober, then, then it's altered, then it's intoxicated, even with one drink, but we've accepted that so much as our culture, but to say it like that, sounds kind of ridiculous, right? Like, oh, is this an intoxicated event or is this a is this an altered event, altered state, altered conscious event? And I just think to think of it like that we can really see the mentality of our culture, of our belief systems. And now, again, we look at it from a neutral perspective, but wow, you know, one of my philosophies of of my coaching practice is Um, that alcohol is the example of a culture that accepts, that normalizes emotional avoidance, right? We are numbing very intentionally with a rah-rah, with a hell yeah, this is awesome, Um, you know, projection, and it's, it's kind of insane when you really think about it, right? And what happens with the, the substance, the chemical of alcohol is that it is completely blinding to you until you start to do this step. This is why it seems like alcohol just happens because you haven't slowed down to really ask yourself the question, why? And 
when you do this and you take ownership where you can, the result is, is that you get to also see the reality of how you're spending your time, right? You also get to see the reality of where else in your life you're just taking things at face value because of the conditioned belief, because of a story, just because of habit. And you get to ask yourself, are these thoughts even my own? And I've really experienced this firsthand so much in the last couple of years because so many people have been tied to mainstream media and social media that they, you know, I hear people, and I'm myself included, I'm sure, just kind of regurgitating information and not even questioning, like, do I believe that? Is this valid? Right. And, you know, I won't, don't get me started on fact checking, (laughs) but like, you know, from doing all of the research and the firsthand experience I have with real lived human experience, and then seeing some of the the information that's out there about alcohol, I know that it's not true. From mainstream media sources, from expert sources, there is a lack of information. You know, that's why like, we can study science all we want, but science is a is a is a growing evolutionary process. If you're not continuously questioning the evolution of the human species in relationship to something else, then you're not then you're you're not doing science, right? And that's what coaching really is. It's this process of inquiring of, well, who am I today different than I was yesterday? And what I see is that, what happens is we really give ourselves permission to evolve, to grow. And I know when I first started this journey for myself, you know, losing the quote unquote party, um, I thought I loved partying late night. And I do, I love going to a good party, but it's like very few and far between now, right? Where I'm like staying up or going to a festival. Um, And when I do it, it's in this like much different conscious way, but my body is so happy. I'm so much more in alignment now. Like I don't need to go out a couple of nights a week and stay up like out on the dance floor partying, right? Like when I took the alcohol away, the desire for that also went away. So there is this, you know, this experience that you're going to be having that will be different. The reason that you do a lot of the things that you do in your life is to go and drink. And then you'll really find out what's important to you. You'll really find out what your preferences are when you start to take the alcohol away. The other thing that Matthew and I used to do a lot was like, we went out for happy hour all the time. We don't go out for happy hour. I mean, it was a pandemic, but like, we don't even do that anymore. We were like, we we have our own little happy hours here. Like we, it wasn't about the food. It was about the alcohol a hundred percent. So we kind of like, I know that now, like I don't go out and get, you know, which is also a good thing because I'm eating, you know, higher quality food, higher, you know, better vibrational food than I was probably at a happy hour. Um, but this process is also the same for why 
it feels like sometimes are easier than others to not drink. So if you have been examining your relationship with alcohol, you may be taking breaks during the week, right? You may be taking longer breaks and then there's a moment where you're completely overwhelmed with the conversation in your mind of to drink or not to drink. Now, this could be a couple of reasons. So the two main reasons I see why it's sometimes easier than others to say no to a drink. The first reason is circumstantial. You don't, you haven't uncovered your beliefs or your beliefs around a specific circumstance. So for example, it might be easier to say no to a drink when you're home during the week. You know, maybe you've been, maybe you drink every day uh, when you're cooking dinner, but as you have started to change your relationship with alcohol, you're like, eh, it's just a couple hours. It's during the week. I got to get the kids. I'm going to bed. So your beliefs around, around not drinking at home are less, you are less attached to that idea than say going out with your friends on the weekend or going to a family gathering. So the reason that I don't count days in my program, and there's nothing wrong with celebrating being alcohol, you know, alcohol free for a certain amount of time, but it's really is about reducing your desire and attachment circumstantially. So when you struggle in one area more than others, we know that your attachment in, is stronger there and that you have beliefs where you associate yourself and you know identity with that situation more strongly. There are more emotions of what it means about you to not drink, whether that's because of the other or you're not sure how to be by yourself. You're not sure how to um, be alone. You're not sure how to be with others, right? For some people, it's the opposite. For some people, it's being by themselves and they're fine being social, right? So you have to find what that is for you. So that's the first reason why it seems easier sometimes than others to say no to a drink is the circumstance and really that you will have stronger beliefs tied to some circumstances versus others about what it means about you. The second reason that it can seem easier to say no than other times is unprocessed emotions or unprocessed stress most of the time. So we have a prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is like a battery and that battery will slowly lose its charge as the day goes on, right? That's why sleep is so important. Now, if you're not sleeping well, that prefrontal cortex and alcohol affects this. We know that is not going to be get fully charged, right? You're always going to be running on less of a battery than possible than you would normally. But that's kind of besides the point. So as you go throughout the week, and if you have stressors that are happening in your life that, you know, aren't necessarily in the moment creating an urge to drink, but you're not processing 
and and closing the loop for those thoughts and solving those problems, they are going to continue to pull from that prefrontal cortex, which is going to be your inspiration and your motivation. And then eventually you are going to be left with just your willpower alone. And so then the next time that you get the opportunity to drink and you're running on low on fumes, right? It's going to be much easier to say yes, because instead of working in that decision-making prefrontal cortex that's in direct experience using more mindfulness in the present moment, you're now, you have, your juice has run out of that battery and now you are only working from your habitual network, which is extremely efficient at getting you that drink. So what I always suggest is doing the mindfulness-based practices coming into present moment and feeling all of your emotions, good, bad, and indifferent every single day. So when the time comes, when you do have that urge or that trigger, you know exactly what you're doing, right? You know exactly how to move into direct experience. You know how to step into the curious observer and take control where you can so that you're not just throwing your arms up in the air and saying alcohol just happens, right? And there is kind of a third option that rolls into that as well, which is when you're not having urges, it feels kind of like easy street, right? It's like, oh, I'm not having an urge for these like two or three days. I just, you know, usually you don't after you've, you know, say had a a weekend of feeling really crappy and it's like those next day, two, three days, you're going to be feeling really good because you're having that extreme um, opposite reaction, right? So now it's like, wow, you feel revitalized and it's like drinking is the last thing you want to do. But once those feel-good emotions start to come back online, those have also been triggers for you to drink. So we're not just processing the stress and the overwhelm, but you're also coming into firsthand experience with your feel-good emotions also, okay? So this is something that really, really people have a really hard time grasping and understanding, It doesn't matter what sensations you're feeling in your body and what your interpretation of those are, negative or positive. It is your body that associates that sensation with alcohol. And you have conditioned your body, and even more so with positive emotions, because it looks at it as a reward. And that is like double the urge. So it's so important that we don't just see, well, I only had one drink or it was a positive, you know, I was celebrating. That doesn't matter. That actually creates a stronger habit, a stronger pull towards alcohol. If you just have one drink, it doesn't matter. You're still signaling to your brain that those sensation that sensations that your body was feeling, those specific vibrations are associated with that reward of alcohol. So you so this process doesn't just happen when you're freaking out and you're having an urge. This process happens for 
every emotion that you're experiencing to come into that direct experience of the present moment to grow your awareness of the curious observer and to take control where you can. So we're going to be mitigating that stress from the in from the outside in so that when you're when you're working day by day and and asking yourself what is a new perspective I can have about my kids um, not listening to me. What can is a new perspective I can have about not being, not feeling like I'm seen or heard at work? Right, you're going to be utilizing these same principles to every facet of your life, and then the reasons why you're drinking become less because instead of saying I can't handle it, it's like, well, no, I did just handle it, right? So then you're just left with the attachment. And then that's when we dig a little bit deeper into those attachment beliefs of, you know, that kind of void of feeling that you feel sometimes without with thinking about the future focus of alcohol. But my friend, this is the best part, is when you start to reduce your desire to alcohol, then it doesn't matter, right? And so what I'm going to leave you with today is the third option. This isn't even about to drink or not to drink. And that's your biggest problem is this boulder that's in front of you, this boulder of alcohol that's in front of you, right? The third option is you. The third option is What's on the other side of all of that BS, right? Like what if there was another beverage that you were like obsessed with, right? Like, you know, I mean, alcohol is the thing in our culture. Um, You know, some people are obsessed with sports. I can't even think about something that's more really prolific in our culture than alcohol. And it's like, it feels like that is what everyone does. But I just want you to know that that's not true. And it doesn't even matter because the shift that you're moving from is from conformity into curiosity, right? And so that's why this process has such a profound impact on the on every area of your life, because it's not even about that anymore. It's like, are these thoughts your own? just questioning are like who said this right i've done this so much with my parenting because i said so well no i don't believe that at all my son is a sovereign free-willed being right what's the best way i can model for him and like i'm a human so when i don't do a great job i also offer myself compassion to really start to apply these tools to your life, you have to have a specific process to go through. You have to plan, execute, and evaluate, right? And this is what we do in our private one-on-one coaching. So I would love to take you through this process in the way that is really looking at your specific thoughts so that you can really understand it through the lens of your everyday life, through the lens of what what circumstances are challenging you the most, right? If this is of interest to you, I would love to invite you on to an alignment call. You can schedule a complimentary call in the show notes where we'll really just look at where you are, where you're stuck, and what is that next 
best step for you to really take that step back and start to to live into more possibility and mental health and emotional intimacy is never a bad idea, right? So people come to me and you're listening to the show and it's like, oh my God, it feels like forever. It's like, can I never say never? I can't imagine never having that glass of wine or going to here, doing this. It's like, no, no, no. Like take all that pressure off of yourself and just know that you're ready to step into a place of more resources, of more tools, right? So regardless if you drink or don't drink ever again, you are limited from the tools that are going to create the most abundant life for you, right? To really clean up your mind, to really examine your thoughts, to really process your emotions. You need those regardless. And then when you step into alignment with that version of yourself, then the alcohol falls away. When you live a life led by your values intentionally, and you look at that every day, alcohol falls away. So that's what I'm talking about, the third option. This is that inner resourcing. This is building you up of you know the tools that we weren't taught in school, the things that our parents didn't teach us because they didn't know. You know, we are evolving as as a human, as a as a species, and that's why I'm here. That's why there are more and more self-help and self-development podcasts, programs, you know, all of these other alternative tools that we didn't have because it wasn't seen as important as it is right now, right? Where your attention goes, energy flows. Where you place your attention is your most valuable asset. So you better have control of your mind. You better have control. If I place my attention here, am I giving my power away? Am I just absorbing that information as fact, right? And when we're isolated um, and we're not connecting, we're feeling isolated by the presence of alcohol, it's so much easier to be manipulated in your brain. So you want to make sure that you're making the decisions in your life for yourself, from your wisdom, from your intuition, from your truth, not because someone else told you so, right? So this isn't me telling you what to think or what to do. This is me helping you grow your inner resources, grow your well, so that you're making your most informed decisions from the place that feels amazing for you. And you're not just taking information from the external at face value. Question everything always with an open heart and an open mind. So I will hope to connect with you soon. And I really look forward to our time together next week. Have an amazing, amazing day and enjoy this beautiful welcoming to summer. Hey, if you are finally ready to get alcohol out of your way for good and discover what lies ahead, I want to invite you into the Stop Drinking and Start Living program where you will learn to do what alcohol does for you on your own, but way better. The best part is you don't have to do any of it alone. Just click the link in the show notes or visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule a call with me where together we will plan the next phase of your life on purpose. I'll talk to you soon.